Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never really thought about tools until I bought a house in the suburbs. It's like this weird homeowner test if I need a tool for a project and don't have it. And my neighbor Ted loves to give me that look when I ask to borrow a pole saw. A year ago, I didn't even know pole saws existed. And now I gotta borrow one from Ted? What is happening? Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Well, hey, hey, kids, this is Howard Kalen here, that good-looking bearded guy from the Turtles and the Mothers of Invention. And you're listening to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party here on Pantheon Podcast. Welcome to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, a Pantheon podcast. Music, culture, conversation, and good old-fashioned rock and roll. So now, I give you Miss Pamela and her pajama party. dolls you are listening to pamela de bar's pajama party welcome 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 i am known kind of as the world's most famous groupie but really i'm also an author i have several books out hopefully you've read some of them um today i was actually interviewed on a, a show on reels about keith moon i'm always a talking head People always want to have me on their show, and aren't you lucky? You get to hear me whenever you want to, and you don't even have to pay. Isn't that something? Um, I want to tell you about one thing about myself. I have a new YouTube channel, so please, please tune in. You are listening to a Pantheon podcast. We have so many fabulous podcasters, like 60 or 80. I can't keep track of it, and it's all music-related. So welcome to Pantheon. Welcome to Pamela Day Bar's Pajama Party. And today I have a very special guest, and I know I always say that, but this guest is very, very special to me. He's a very dear friend. His name is Kip Brown. 
He has been in different bands in his life. He was in a punk band called Shock. And Kip, what would you, is it, is it Little Girls? Is that also punk? No, it's pop. Pop. pop, pop. He was in a pop band called Little Girls. And we're going to hear some of the, that music uh, today on the show. And he's also my James Dean buddy. So we're going to be discussing our obsession with James Dean. And uh, he's my driver for my rock tours. So we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. And I would like to welcome Kip Brown. Hi, Kip. Hi, everybody. How are you? Kip is here. <laughs> it's wonderful. I call him many names. He has many names, but Kipper is the main one I use. Yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> so here he is on my couch. We're not in our pajamas. We really should be Kip, <sighs> but we're not. This is a pajama party. So... I would like to uh, introduce the, the people to you. Tell me about how you got into music. He's, an, he's a California SoCal dude, right? Yeah, born and bred. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, born in Burbank across from Disney Studios, raised in Woodland Hills. And uh, my first pop memories are seeing the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. The very first one. Yeah. And <laughs> you I, were very little. I was very little. That was like but, what? seven maybe and you remember seeing oh, i totally do yeah i remember seeing the uh ads coming soon the beatles i was like who are these guys huh. and then when Even i saw the, that age oh yeah saw the girls screaming and i go i want to be that yeah oh man i can't tell you many times i lay in bed and go god i want girls to scream for me <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't right exactly <laughs> i still want that i want girls to scream for me <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that's, you know, and listening to KHJ radio all during the 60s, you know, I was totally into all of that pop music and uh, yeah, Beach Boys. When did you actually start deciding to actually play music? Uh, about 69 mm. when I got a guitar and yeah. I took lessons. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I think the first songs I was learning were like Creedence Clearwater songs and yeah, the Beatles from Abbey Road. Nice. And, uh, yeah. and you were what, 12 or something? No. 14? Uh, yeah, you're right. 12, 13. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know more about me. <laughs> <laughs> so did your parents get you the uh, parents got you the guitar? Yes, they did. Woodlow Music in Ventura Boulevard. Yeah. That is real. I love this guitar. And Unfortunately, it was one of the guitars that got stolen from me about 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. bummer. How can people do stuff uh, like exactly. that? Exactly. Crush yeah. me. But uh, yeah. So, uh, then I just uh, wanted to be in a band, but how do you do that? Yeah. How, do you, how did you do it? I, I didn't do it for quite a while until after high school. All yeah. my friends were in bands in high school, but I, I, I was a slow bloom, uh, bloomer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. Bloomer. Yeah. Good. Better than being late. Uh, yeah, late bloomer. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so around the punk time, uh, I met some people at the record store I worked at. Licorice Pizza, mm -hmm. very famous store mm -hmm. in the valley, all over LA, actually. And uh, met these uh, fellow like-minded people who were into this new music that's coming out uh, called punk rock. And so we started rehearsing and writing original songs. Wow. And actually, cool. Steve wrote most of them. But uh, yeah, our bass player, and uh, yeah, you started getting gigs, started getting gigs. Yeah, who named you Shock? I did, such a good name. Yeah, we were all trying to think of names driving down the street, 
Sadako, I think it was. We were driving in a, <laughs> to a rehearsal one day yeah. at our singer's house. He's a valley boy. Yeah. And we're all coming up with names. And I said, what about shock? And we just all looked at each other. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. What were some of the other names you threw around? I can't remember. No? <laughs> no, I don't. That's so long ago. Oh. Yeah. So what was your first gig? First gig was in our manager's backyard. He lived oh. in Santa Monica in a an old apartment complex overlooking the ocean. Nice. And it was owned by Fatty Arbuckle, allegedly. Oh, silent film star, yeah, you know, in trouble. I'm very interested in Fatty Arbuckle. Yeah. He was innocent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the rumor was he owned this place and we played outdoors uh, 4th of July, oh. 1976. Oh. So, you know, uh -huh. bicentennial. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had our first, uh, our manager at the time, he lived in that building. He, he likes to say we had our first groupies there. They were all like sitting on the lawn. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. We had a good time. I have pictures of it. And and you got a record deal? Um, well, yeah, we played, we started playing some gigs. Uh, started moving up in the chain. Yeah. And so we played this. How does that work? Tell everybody what it means to move up the chain in a, when you're in a rock band in Hollywood. Well, you start playing like really divey places. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you, you kind of graduate to better dives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we played this thing. There was a, a benefit uh, for The Mask, which was this punk club. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basement punk club in Hollywood. And uh, that was a great night. Two nights. Um, we were on the second night. And, you know, the, the germs and all of these punk bands, the weirdos. Yeah. They're all like legendary bands now. Yeah, yeah. Scene. And uh, so we played our gig and uh, we walked amongst the crowd afterwards, just hanging out and watching the other bands. And this guy approached us and he says, I'd like to do a record with you guys. <laughs> and his nice. name was Danny Holloway. Yeah. And he produced the Plimsolls and, uh, Anyway, it was awesome. He uh, took us into the studio and we did that first record, uh -huh. uh, which was This Generation's On Vacation, plus uh, two other songs and, uh, on red vinyl. Very cool. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's now considered a classic. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people are, you are collecting you now, right? Yes. And matter of <laughs> fact, we just got a, an invitation to be on this box set, mm -hmm. five CD box set on Cherry Red Records. Mm -hmm. Uh, called the history of North American slash Canadian punk rock. Great. Yeah. So that's. Why don't we hear one of those songs right now? Which one would you like? To well, let's play the big one. This generation's on vacation, okay, and I great. play the guitars. Yay! And sing the background vocals with the other guys. <laughs> Wow, Kim, that is so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's great production, you know. We're, yeah, we're yeah. Proud of that. You're proud of it. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So you did another record too, right? With we them? Did, we did another record. That wasn't as good. Danny Holloway wasn't involved. And mm. we were kind of in the process of 
breaking up. There was a lot of inner fighting and, you know, you know all the bullshit. That's <laughs> Oops, excuse me. That's, that's okay. Yeah. But, but why does that happen? Well, I mean, that happens uh, with so many bands. Egos and stuff. And, uh, but, you know, things started, we weren't, we weren't moving up. We wanted to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I have to mention, though, we did open for the Ramones. Yes, I wanted to ask you some of the gigs you played. Yeah, that was a big night for us. We played uh, two nights with the Ramones, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Wow. Whiskey. It was just oh. us and the Ramones. And uh, we had an option. They said, you can open for the Ramones or this other band that's coming to town. And uh, and I'd heard of them, but none of the guys in the band had heard of them. Yeah. And that was the police. Oh, yeah, for their first the shows. But I'm glad we picked the Ramones. Yeah, it was more in keeping their music. Yeah, not to mention yeah. they're, they're they're cooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was awesome. We did those two nights, and that was fantastic. But you also played with lots of bands around town, didn't you? Like pl play with the Weirdos and the Germs and all yeah, yeah, those yeah, 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 yeah. The whiskey. So uh, knowing you the way I do, pretty well, mm. I try to imagine you as a punk. Well, we were. We all, had, we all had jobs, though. That was what's funny. We saw all these other punk rockers are just like you know, starving, starving. So you might as well not exactly. starve. We all worked. You know, yeah. And we were nice guys. And we smiled. <laughs> <laughs> we smiled. Yeah. But oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So it was fine. Yeah. Okay. But we didn't fit in a lot of times with these, uh, the clicks. There were clicks, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so a lot of the punkers hated us because we knew how to play our instruments. <laughs> Yeah. Oh boy! Uh, but anyway, we got, cut to like uh, 2007. Uh, Brendan uh, from the Mellon. Mast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of Mercy's main. Squeezes. Yeah, so he he had a reunion of all the punk rockers to play the mask, like a, a another benefit show or a, a tribute show. Yeah. And he saw me at a record store, and he invited us, and I, I tried to convince the band members. They all to were spread around yeah. the country, and I said, "We guys." We got to do this. We might get respect now. Yeah. And sure enough, that's what happened. Oh, so what people kept coming that? up to us. This was 2007. Oh. And they kept coming up to me afterwards and they said, You guys are one of the best of the night. Well, I was like, wow. wow. And they go, You sounded like you rehearsed. And I go, well, We did. <laughs> oh, you, you aren't supposed to rehearse if you're a punk. Right? Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, it was good. Good oh. night. It was a good night. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Then. Then I left uh, the band. Yeah. Okay. Continue from there. Left the band because of the inner fighting. And then uh, took a few months off, went to Canada with my family. And and then uh, my friends took me to go see this pop band at the uh, Troubadour called the Little Girls because mm -hmm. their friend, our mutual friend was on bass, a guy named Vince. And uh, I just thought, wow, this is really fun. They're having fun on stage. They're two girls, sisters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why the name. And uh they write pop songs and I thought, well, this looks like fun. And coming from a, a shock who towards the end, we were kind of like, it wasn't fun anymore. Right. I right, go, well, right, I'm right. going to do this. So anyway, I told Vince afterwards, we spoke to him and I said, if you ever need a guitar player, give me a call. And then about a month or two later, he called. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And that went on for a long time. I went on for a long time. And we did a mini album and we did a video for MTV. Oh. And, uh, we had a song uh, which we'll play yeah. called the Earthquake Song. And that every time there's an earthquake in LA, they uh, play it on K Rock and what have you. Well, let's play it now, but really hope there's no earthquake that stems from it. Okay? Yeah. All right. Here's the Earthquake Song.
I was married to Michael DeBar for 14 years. Lead singer for Silverhead. And many other bands. Yes. Detective and Checkered Past. He was a guest, of course, on my podcast. Of course. Yes. I would hope so. <laughs> we have a son, Nick. Um, but I met him on a, a movie, you know, playing myself. But Keith Moon didn't show up. And, of course, we had to find Scour New York. It was filming in New York. We had to find a musician who could act. And Michael was perfect. He'd been a child actor. He would also insister with love. And, and uh, he came aboard on his 26th birthday and took Keith Moon's role. And he stole the movie. Uh, <laughs> he wow. really did. Well, he had that expertise and uh, what it was into sir with love yeah 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 because he, he was a really good actor he still is he went on to do so much so much tv in murdoch America. yes he played murdoch in macgyver yeah and he was in the smelly car episode of seinfeld which yeah. they play all the yeah. time he still gets royalties <laughs> he probably gets 15 bucks or something nice. now when that show, when that airs that's cool <laughs> So, so that night you took a picture of us. Yeah, yeah, you guys were, you were in your underwear. Yes, yeah. see, Kip saw me in my underwear. She was ahead of her. Uh, way before Madonna. Yes, way before Madonna. <laughs> so I have proof. And I took two pictures of them standing outside of the dressing room door. And uh, yeah, so cut to years later, you and I did a radio uh, a TV show. A TV uh, show. With Little Arts Poker Party. Yes. With our buddy, Art Fine. Yep. Wonderful show, local show. It's kind of historic. And you had Victor with you. Oh, my dear Victor Hayden. Yeah. And just me. And I, I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, my memory of that isn't Exactly. That. Because but but uh, is, is your memory good about that? I remember, Do you remember much about the show. I remember them asking what my first record I owned was. Oh. And what was that, I think Kip? it was, I, I had to make it up, I think. It's probably, oh. I want to hold your hand by the Beatles or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you were so young, That too. makes sense. The first record I bought with my own money was Alone with Dion yeah. album. Yeah. I saved up for my uh, my album. It's, it's a picture of Dion with some girl behind him and her arms and pink gloves. You know the yeah, picture? Yeah, sure. It's so fabulous. Yeah. So what was your first record that you bought with your own money? My own money, that? that's a good question. Yeah. This, I, this was great. My mom, all through the Beatles days, you know, I was a Beatle head, right? Mm -hmm. Mom, take us to the drive-in to see Hard Day's Night. We saw it 15 times probably. Yeah. Same with Help. Yeah. You know, take uh, us to the drive-in, What a good please. mom. She was great. Yeah. She still is great. Yes, she is. She's visiting us. I got Hi, to have dinner with her last week. That's right. That's right. First time we met. Yeah. Yeah. And my other sister, Andrea and Tammy. Hi, guys. That was fun. And Jenna. Hi, Jenna, my niece. <laughs> yes. So anyway. Um, yeah. First but, but, no, so, so, so uh, every uh, holiday, like Christmas or Easter, my mom would hide a Beatle record from me in the backyard like for searching for eggs but i'd be searching oh for the gosh, latest beetle that record is so cute and so cool Rubber soul yeah. but, you know first record i ever bought God, that's a you good don't one. remember I, it was probably sergeant pepper yeah yeah because i remember going to the uh thrifty at topanga adventura and buying it i know the neighborhood well yeah thrifty is where i used to go with my mom and get our ice cream cones we had a thrifty right here in Reseda too they used to have like the two two row record section yeah and, yeah and i remember the smell i work a record store now right and <laughs> they don't smell the same but the shrink wrap used to have this 
smell, <laughs> the, the 60s smell. Yeah, I love oh, it. I love it. There was a, my record store up the street, it's on Reseda, right at Sherman Way, on Sherman Way, right at Reseda Boulevard, right yeah. next to the theater where I used to see Elvis the movies and, and the Beatles yeah. movies, yeah. But it was called the Reseda Record Rack and it's a tiny little thing. Huh. And it's still there exactly the way it was. It turned into a TV, you know, uh, sure. fix it joint. And I, my dream was to buy that, turn it into a record store again. But I don't know if it's the neighborhood for it. But I wouldn't that just be so cool where I bought all my records? I got 40 cents a week allowance and I saved up wow. for all my records, all my 45s. But the Dion album was just. Remember that whole, that corner was happening back in the Yes, it was. Remember the giant donut? Oh, was it there? No, that was, yeah, it was right there. Where On the, the gas corner? Station. Yeah. Oh, my God, Kim, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, there was a giant donut place. Well, well I, I may have been gone by then, because I no, left Reseda no, in so. 69, 70, 69, or something. It was there in the early 60s. Re yeah. Oh, yeah. God. I remember. I, I remember that. Yeah. I don't think I'm totally crazy. I wonder if we ever bumped into each other as children. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's hilarious well, that I'm sitting, on, I'm sitting here talking to you after, you know, being, reading about you and cream. And it's hilarious. That we're, we've known each other for 25 years. We're great years. friends now. It's, just, it's hilarious. It's like, wow. Oh, boy. Okay. What? I think it's break time. Let's take a little break. We need to talk about our Dean thing. Dean we're, who? <laughs> Dean Martin? No, we're obsessed mm. with James Dean. Yes, that's... And that really got us very, very close. Yeah. So Kip had his own record store called Ear Candy and, on uh, Sepulveda. Van Eyes. Which was so cool. Thank you. He's, he, you know, if you ever want to know anything about any records, especially classic stuff. We'll try. I'll Kip, try Kip knows a lot. And with James Dean, he's the go-to guy. He and David Lore. Um, at the James Dean Gallery in Fairmount, Indiana. There, you're the two go-to guys. Thank you. And there are people who try to usurp them. Look out! Nobody <laughs> can do it. Nobody can be it more knowledgeable about James Dean than Kip or Dave. Well, thank you. That's sweet of you. It's the truth. Well, thanks. I've been writing a book for like thirty some odd years. Yes, now. <laughs> yes. So, so we reconnected when I, I decided I was going to learn how to write screenplays. Uh, 25 years ago um, I'd already had a couple books out and I was going to I, I needed a good topic and I thought James Dean who I had worshipped from the time I was the moment he died I heard it on the radio and, and you kept a picture of him in your wallet right oh yeah a picture of his grave site yeah because I wanted to go visit it for my whole life but I was obsessed with him I compared all the boys in junior high to him and it was no one measured up my god and uh but i was asleep on in the car when that happened and came on the radio and i sat up and said who's who's james dean i remember it so vividly i don't remember a lot about being that young i was eight or nine hmm. 55 i was i had just turned nine right hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> as if you, you don't know, but five plus, yeah, uh -huh, but yeah. I just turned nine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, I and I was so young. I don't. <laughs> and I was, I was so young and tender to be crazy about him. And, and I started collecting the magazines, all the, you know, there were tons of James Dean magazines at that point when he died. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I would set my alarm and get up in the middle of the night to see Rebel Without a Cause. That's the only way you could do yeah, it. That's then. right. There's no v VC VHS. People think, you know, it's the olden times. Yeah, you had to wait until it came on TV. <laughs> yes, you had to wait. That's right. And I'd, I'd get up at 2 a.m., whether it was a school night or not, and I would watch that movie and wait till he, he had his head in her lap. And she said, I love somebody. <laughs> it was a, oh, oh, God. I was crazed. That didn't have the same effect on me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, how, why were you attracted to him? No, I just, I remember in high school, I was, again, I didn't really notice him until like, I think the early 70s, I started running ads for 50s music on TV, like, get the greatest hits on vinyl or whatever oh, uh -huh. and they would always, they would always show a picture of him with the sweater pulled up around his oh yeah over his mouth yeah the torn sweater yeah and uh I was like, who is that guy series yeah who is that guy um and then rebel came on tv so rebel was the first one i saw and i i just thought and you know i mean he's he's a teenager supposed to be a teenager and, yeah you know the parents the problems with the parents and stuff i just go wow this guy wow, this is real. This guy's real. And anyway, I just really, I, matter of fact, in high school, I did a scene from Rebel. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, I wish that was on film. Well, <laughs> it must have been really funny because there was supposed to be another person in the scene, but it was just me doing it as a monologue. Oh. Yeah. The, the stair scene with his dad, you know. Oh, how fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my anyway, God. Anyway, so I did that and I'm glad it's not on film, but uh, I did you okay. You kill your own father. Yes. No one was going to yell that yes. out. Huh? Yeah. But that's the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's what got me into it. And then, and then I, uh, one year, somebody gave me a calendar and it had a picture of Jimmy standing next to his Porsche, the Porsche he died in, yeah. at a gas station. And this was a long time ago. This is before anybody had seen that photo. And I'd never seen it. And I said, I got to find that. I got to find that. And that led me on a quest to find location after location yeah. of where they took. This is before internet, okay? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. nowadays, everybody just pops on and types in yeah. and you can find it. But back then, <laughs> I was I spent so much gas money driving around LA and doing detective work. And, yeah, I and, understand. You know, I found all that stuff. And I found the gas station, which was ironically across the street from where i worked yeah. moby disc yeah record store. yeah but anyway so that led me into uh, like i was doing a i wanted to do a book a dated i mean a, a location book mm -hmm. then i got a computer and the computer i started this 10 pages turned into 20 into 100 into 200 oh. and then i decided to do a day by day on its life and now i'm like 30 years it's, later on. i know it's an incredible work of uh, devotion and love and and amazing information kim yeah it's a lot of stuff i mean but because he he goes like he'll take some person who was in a tv tv show with jimmy and of course all his friends call him jimmy by the way and uh and and you will take that actor say name name some yeah, it's like a six degrees of kevin Bacon. yes it is and he'll go he'll follow that actors we'll have their birth date then i'll have their death date take it find out what happened yeah and, but the, and but their the, credits yeah there's usually a little bit of information about anyone jimmy ever came in contact with in his entire life exactly so it's, it's <laughs> kind of grown it's like i hope i hope people give a crap <laughs> it it's an amazing history of 
Hollywood. Yeah. And that from that era too. I mean, right? There's very few, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very a, few yeah. books that go in that in depth. Yeah, and the history of Fairmont as well, the town he's from and Marion and all of that kind of stuff. And it goes up till today, you know, everything that in it has a James Dean connection. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. That's why he can't finish it. I can't finish because it. Because things keep happening. People people who knew Jimmy, because he would be, what, 90, 92. I should know that off the top 91. of my head. He would be 91 now, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you had great math. You figured out my age. I lied. Uh, <laughs> he would be 91. He was born in 31. Yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> that's right and so so many of the people in his life are gone or going or yeah, about to sad, go. Sad yeah. yeah so this is going to be quite an important book i think i've always thought so but it's way too long it's already a thousand twelve hundred pages so i would imagine yeah. he's gonna have to have two vert two what are they called volumes two volumes everybody mm. two volumes day by day with james dean something like that yeah i think that's gonna be the title maybe Day after day. Day after day? Yeah. That's nice. That's my tribute to Badfinger as well. Okay. <laughs> it was one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So then you decided you had to go to Fairmount. Yeah. So I was I became friends with the lady, uh, Sylvia, who ran the uh, fan club. And she lived out in Fullerton. And she was planning on going to uh, Fairmount with these two other girls. And I said, well, can I tag along too? I'd love to go. And you guys have been there before so you can yeah. introduce me to people i love to do that yeah and so that's what i did and that was like 88 or 89 mm -hmm. and so i was again i was late going because you know the 50s and 60s i missed all of that 70s oh i wanted to go too because like you mentioned i carried his uh, the grapes his grape stone around in my wallet in junior high and i knew one day i would get there and you went back in 99 right I can't remember exactly. I have to look at my book. <laughs> it's 99, I believe. Yeah. Might be 2000. Is that the one that uh, I might I brought you with me? Yeah, yeah. 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 That was uh, a heck of so, a trip. I know. <laughs> I was ecstatic. Yeah. We, we listened to, uh, that's when I was right in the thick of writing this screenplay. I was writing a screenplay, you know, I, I was going to write a book and I, I realized there are way too many books about Jimmy already. And so I was going to write this screenplay and about his friendship with a lady named Tony Lee Scott, who was a jazz singer in the fifties, young jazz singer. And she lost her leg in a motorcycle accident when she was 21 years old, just really on the verge of happening and had a lot of surgeries and was really trying to make sort of a comeback and she ran into James Dean at Googie's, which was a hangout on Sunset where he used to meet his friends. And I just thought it was such an interesting story because he was trying to help her. He wanted to encourage her to get back on stage. And, and they, they, they both couldn't stand Hollywood and they really connected. And it's an amazing story. So that's what I was working on when we went to Fairmount. You remember though, that there wasn't much information on Tony that you, yes. you didn't know. And then, well, she was called the one-legged gal pal in the really bad James Dean books. Do you remember driving? And then you said, and I said, oh, yeah, that's Tony Lee Scott. Yes. And I was so what? thrilled. You know, you know who she is? He you? knew her name and everything. <laughs> I said, who is this one-legged gal pal? Yeah. And a friend of ours who was more versed in computers than we were at that time found her on there. 
and we went to visit her and we're i just spoke to her two days ago we are still friends yeah. to this day um and i really if anyone's out there interested in my screenplay it's it's a true story about james dean man that people don't know so contact me <laughs> dig yeah. yeah it's really a fascinating story so that trip to indiana was fascinating I introduced you to Dave and Lenny, I think, or yeah. that you, you talked to them on. Yeah, we, we met on the phone, I think. Right. Right? Or was it maybe an email? We, we, we exchanged, and he was just so thrilled we were coming yeah. to visit. Dave Lohr started the James Dean Gallery. His story is so incredible. He's got a fabulous book out himself. Yeah. So please read Dave Lohr's book. You can buy it at the James Dean Gallery. And he tells the story of... of the New Yorkers, he and his boyfriend, Lenny, they're now married. I married them. That was yeah. one of my favorite days. Yeah. Um, they, they moved from New York to this tiny little podunk town. And they got some shit, man, when they first moved there. But now they are the, the gentlemen of the small town, you know, who take care of the James Dean's legend. It's a, it's a wonderful book and it's a wonderful story. And by the way, that town, Podunk, whatever, we love that. Podunk. Town. Yeah, I call Podunk just means small, right? Small town. I we mean, love I'm that. not saying in a negative way. Yeah, we love that town. It's so it's so chill and relaxing when we go, you know. It's it's, the, the main street looks the same pretty much. I mean, it's changed yeah, some, but yeah. it's still got the bank. and A lot of, of, of pictures of Jimmy on that street, Main Street in Fairmount. You can still see exactly where he walked and. Yeah. And and I was so thrilled to, to be there finally. It's just that took uh, a lot of pictures of you laying on the grave. Yes, <laughs> yes, I would lay on Jimmy's grave. The only time I've ever had that thing happen that you, people talk about going up the back of your neck, that like like ants crawling up the back, was at Jimmy's grave. Yeah, he. I, I really believe his spirit is really close to people who are interested in communing with him. I had so many dreams about him when I was writing that screenplay. He showed me who he is in so many different ways. And I felt like I knew him. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So do you, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. people feel, they feel a connection with him like no other, really. People, I guess there may be Marilyn, Elvis, and James Dean are the three like Hollywood icons that people will always know about and want, want to know more about yeah these people that had who were friends of james dean's who hadn't seen him, each other since he died fantastic it was one of the most amazing situations we have ever found ourselves in leonard rosenman who did the music for east of eden and rebel and rebel was such beautiful music so far out he was so far ahead of everybody and we got him together with jimmy's agent and his best friend and they were and, his and, best friend and frank mazzola one of the guys who was in the rebel and we had a dinner party was that, is that did i get everybody yeah lou bracker yeah lou bracker was his best friend and he's got a great book the best book on james dean is called jimmy and me by lou bracker yeah and it's it's sincere and it's real and it's not full of crap right and frank mazzola was one of the gang members in rebel and they were all at my house for dinner and they were talking about Jimmy's death. With After each other. dinner, we're listening to so them talk and they're talking about uh, Lou says to Leonard or vice versa. They said, 
you know, it's the first time we've ever talked about Jimmy's death yeah. together, you know, and this was like 40 years later, whatever. Yes, it was many, many, many and we're, years. Pamela later. and I looked at each other and just went, wow. I know, we were in the middle of this, because if, if you're a James Dean nut, and, and especially if you just decide you are, right, people glom onto him like they're the only they know him better than anyone else and they understand him it's, yeah. a, it's it's the rebellious nature and also the fact that he was so his heart was open man he just he he changed acting for for men for sure he made it okay to, for men to be vulnerable and and express themselves like no one ever before brando and clift were his heroes but he took it further than that and so people felt that and they still do they come to fairmount new people all the time mm. and and they think they they know jimmy better than anyone else it's really kind of interesting yeah and bizarre but there we were with all the people who actually knew him and it was just mind-blowing yeah it was mind two of them has since passed on though sadly yeah, but, yeah. Uh, we got the chance to three well lou's still around but yeah but Dick Clayton isn't, Dick and Rosola isn't, and Leonard Rosen. Oh, three, you're right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So it was really incredible. And Leonard Rosen did, did that stunning music for East of Eden. And whenever we pull into Fairmount, da, da, we pop da, on the CD. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah. And you know, oh, you yeah. know, you, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're in love with James Dean, it never stops. And, and Kip, in his way, is in love with James Dean. Aren't you, Kip? Yeah, of course, in the town. I love, <laughs> I love everything about yes, that's the, around him. Yes. It's just great. It really great. is. We, we, we've thought of living there. And, you know, one day, if I sell the script, I'm definitely going to buy a house there. And I'll rent. <laughs> <laughs> He'll rent a room from me. That's right. <laughs> oh. I'm looking forward to our trip in September. We're going again. Yes, we go every year. Sometimes twice a year. My last book, Let It Bleed, I wrote a lot of it there. I rented a little house in Fairmount. It's a dream is to, I promised James Dean that if I sell this screenplay, I'll buy a house there. I've been trying to sell it for a long time. So anybody out there want to read it? <laughs> so Kip started doing um, James Dean uh trips around hollywood tours tours to, yeah. to show people where all he, he found out where all the places were and now he, he for a long time has been taking people to the james dean sites you know doing private tours and what have you and uh so what that led to yes it led to, when when i uh, the way my tours started my rock and roll tours but i'm with the band tours i got a, a an email out of the blue from uh, some british guy who's best friend was turning 40 and he really said I want to really we un, one up each other on our birthdays and I would like to hire you to take us around uh to the sites and I'm with the band because I think that he would really enjoy that so I said sure and he he gave me five thousand dollars to do it <laughs> I I tell the people on the rock tour now boy you guys got a deal yeah spending the day with me I, I originally got five grand they also took me out to dinner afterwards well they picked me up in a rolls royce <laughs> took me out to dinner at the polo lounge afterwards and just peeled off 5100 bills it was it was i went okay maybe this is something i can add to my repertoire of a billion ways i make a living and that's how that yeah. happened and the first person i thought of to drive it is kim 
because he was already doing these tours. So it's worked out so well. Yeah, we've done it since uh, 13 long? years. Yeah. 13 years. Amazing. We've been taking full vans full of people all from everywhere. And I read out of my books and tell stories. And if any of you are interested, they sell out really fast. Yeah, we have one guys, in July, it's, sell, it's sold out. And uh, one in September is coming up too. You guys need to take it. It's a lot of fun. It is fun. And Kip really makes it. Oh, yeah. Aren't you sweet? Yeah, but it's so true. I don't know if I could do it without it now. He's got his own stories he tells because he's full of Hollywood lore. Next one, $50,000, please. <laughs> <laughs> People from um, out of town. Uh, we, we've had Australians, Canadians, yeah, all over the place, all kinds of Europeans. Yeah. And the, their main draw nowadays is Laurel Canyon. That's where they want to know all about it. They want to take it all in. It's become mythology. These rock gods from the 60s and early 70s. It's, it's like it, it, the Mick Jagger people think about, dream about. It's not the one who's wonderfully still performing. It's the, the one, you know, sympathy for the devil or even earlier. Yeah. They think about that guy. And Jim Morrison, who's no longer with us, that he's become just revered and worshipped in such a weird way and i always have to pop their bubble a little bit mm. yeah yeah <laughs> i point out where he you know used to try to rest in the gutter in front of the whiskey <laughs> rest <laughs> you mean just passed out <laughs> well, no. rest no <laughs> resting he was resting yeah he, yeah he wanted to take a little nap i remember <laughs> i remember one night watching him do that he curled up and you know what it reminded me of which i've mentioned to you is uh, the opening of Rebel? Yeah, the opening of Rebel. Yeah. He curled up like James Dean did at the end, you know, with, with the, the monkey. With the monkey. Wind up right in front of the whiskey go go in the gutter. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, let's talk about new music, music we listen to now. Have you heard Maniskin? Yeah, I have a crush on the uh, female bass player. She's, she's cute. You know, they're all 23 years old. No, so there's no hope for me. <laughs> okay. She's too young. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, the lead singer is gorgeous, Damiano, right? I guess, gorgeous, yeah, yeah. gorgeous people, really exciting young band. And they were on Saturday Night Live for some reason, like a few months ago. It's like, who are these guys? You know? Well, they're, they're huge in Europe. They're yeah, really huge. But out here, it's like wow. it's pronounced. It's spelled M A N E S K I N. If you guys are not familiar with Mona Skin. And uh, I recommend that you become familiar with them. Also, of course, the Struts, one of my favorite bands. Yeah, yeah. Do they sell records? Not Kip? too much. That's really a crime. Yeah. Kip now works at CD Trader. In Tarzana. Yeah. Where Tarzan so, was created. So, so it's true. It's true. Tarzan. Edgar Rice Burroughs lived there and created. Kip showed this, me his house the other day. It was created fascinating. the town of Tarzana. Kip is so full of knowledge. Yeah, it's never makes me any money <laughs> let's just dig into your knowledge oh sure okay yeah what are you really knowledgeable about uh, history of hollywood and, yeah and yeah rock and, so much i, I mean, all that stuff when, when we go on our tours he will show things <laughs> one of my favorites is he points out the spot where fred mertz dropped dead <laughs> on the corner of, of hollywood and vine <laughs> Everybody always goes, ooh, he says, any I Love Lucy fans? <laughs> and, so, and sometimes there are. And he dropped dead. He dropped dead. 
And then he'll point out the window where Sunset Boulevard was being filmed, the opening scene. Yeah, with the William Holden. William Holden typing. The crane shot going so. up into his room. Yeah, that building's still there. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. Rare. Once in a while on the the rock tour, Pamela's rock tour, I was throwing little Hollywood stuff. And they seem to like it. Yeah, they do. They do, and it takes a little bit of pressure off me for a little bit. Yeah. Because on those tours, I am on. Yeah. I might as well be on stage. We're both pretty wet. All out. those <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. It is so exhausting. Yeah. But we have such a ball. It it's is. Such a great it's time. a great time. Yeah. So anyway, I guess I could talk about the holly, holly berries. I did a, besides Christmas, I did a summer song because of uh, summer. You know, I love the Beach Boys. So I, it's a Ramonesy kind of song called Boards and Bikinis Rule <laughs> down in Malibu. And my friend Ed Stasium was kind enough to master it. And Ed Stasium either produced or engineered all of that Ramones, all those classic mm. songs. And he was, he, he co-produced our little girls record. So yeah. I got to meet him then. So he was nice enough to do me a favor. And he, he mixed and mastered that, uh, that Holly Berry song for me and added some guitar as well. Yeah. Ed Stasium, he's an unsung hero. He played a lot of Ramones guitar licks on a lot of those records. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's hear that. Yeah, so let's hear Boards and Bikinis Rule down in Malibu. <laughs> The beach party movies. Love the beach party movies, and I just bought a box set the other day of DVD. All of the Frankie and Annette, all of the all of the classic American International pictures. Yeah. I love those. Love those movies. Did you have a crush on Annette? Um, yeah, I did. She was stacked. She was stacked. She was stacked, and she all it, it was very intimidating to girls who weren't stacked. Uh, Truth but- be told, though, I. <laughs> I was more interested in some of the other bikini girls on the beach dancing. Yeah. Yeah. The blondes, especially. Yeah. He likes blondes. I like them all, but uh, (laughs) blondes are good. (laughs) So tell me about what kind of music you're listening to. You you were going to interview me too, Kip. That's what I'm asking. Okay. Uh, Well, the fact is I, I just saw Dylan the other night and he, he did the most of Rough and Rowdy Ways, his most recent record. And it is so, he was in such fine voice. It's like, maybe he's, I don't know, it was like angelic in places. And you could understand most of the words. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of times you can't, which doesn't bother me. Because to me, he, he, he's, he's the god of rock and roll, the, the guy who made it important. Did he do any of his old hits, though? Like, re, re, reconstitute? He reimagines them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did uh, Gotta Serve Somebody. Okay. 
which was really cool. He did it in a whole different way. He turns them into reggae and stuff like that. He, hmm. you know, he ships them all around, but hmm. that was great to hear. Huh. And he did that Kennedy song? No, that's too long. Oh. The Kennedy song was Dylan's first number one single hmm. Hmm. at age 80. Here's a question for you. Okay. <laughs> Where were you when JFK got shot? Oh my God. I was at Cleveland High. Wait a minute, what year was it? 63, November. 27. Yeah, I, I, I was a I was in my first year at Cleveland High. And I was walking, you know, to my next class and I knew something weird had happened. Yeah. And then we got into school and got to go home. Yeah. I was in second grade at St. Mel's on the Victory, I mean at DeSoto and uh Ventura and uh the nuns came in they were all crying oh like what's God. going on um you guys are get to go home now because the president's been shot and I was like oh. and so that whole weekend just that's all you saw on of TV of course that was yeah. really yeah. everybody old enough to remember that uh can remember that oh, yeah. awful moment yeah. but that uh, that song the Dylan song is so incredible yeah it's mm. a, one of his longest songs and it went to number one I have a question. I wanted to ask you this earlier. What's the craziest thing that happened while you were on the road with the little girls, if anything? Well, we never toured, uh, really, sadly. The shock, the farthest we got was San Francisco. Um, we never went back east. We always regretted that. But, uh, you know, we didn't have any money. So, yeah. yeah and, and the record was put out by ourselves, you know. And uh, so... Yeah, we never toured. And then the little girls, I think the farthest we got was uh, Arizona. We opened for the Pretenders. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. We actually felt like celebrities because we had a dressing room with actual catered food. It was <laughs> and beer and it was just awesome because you're used to playing these little clubs in L.A. And yeah, like bathrooms almost, you know. Yeah. And, and what happened with the little girls? That they uh, the little did? girls, are, um, I'm still in contact with them. They sing they sang on boards and bikinis rule that you just heard by the way karen and michelle hi karen and michelle um hi girls yeah still friends with them and uh hopefully we can record again soon because i'm trying to finish some more hollyberry stuff that we never finished a while ago and uh so they're in the can but anyway uh karen lives in maine and michelle lives up in um canyon country i think yeah well, didn't you just write the liner notes for? Yeah, so we got a CD coming out. Yeah. In Australia, it's like a compilation of our stuff. And uh, since I'm the kind of historian of the group, I have photos and uh, I created these liner notes with the factual stuff about everything, you know. Uh, I hope, like I said, I hope people care. But uh, it was a labor of love. And uh, that's coming out hopefully by Christmas. It's on Playback Records. It's an Australian company, but it'll be distributed in America. And uh, I don't know what the name of it's going to be yet, but uh, it's got a lot of rare stuff on it, folks. Kip also writes uh, for the James Dean Zine. And the James Dean Memorial Gallery newsletter. Yes. He, yeah. yeah, he's he's got a column. He writes about all, like I mentioned earlier, all the people who die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally into death, aren't I? Yeah. No, no, but, you know, people who knew Jimmy, come on, they're pretty old. Yeah true but it's true it's, it's it's what's it called it's called west coasting that's the yeah. column yeah 
Yeah. All you James Dean fans, you should sign up for these Dean zines. Yeah, you guys should join go the on. join the James Dean fan club. We're a bunch of kooks. And go to the uh, James Dean Gallery dot uh, com, I think it is, and uh, the Fairmount Historical Museum also has a website. I think they might be called the James Dean Museum now, but uh, both of those support them, you know. And uh, maybe we'll see you guys in uh, Fairmount. Yes, please join us in September. I uh, I dance every year with Lenny, Lenny Prusak, uh, Dave's husband, and we. It's a fifties dance contest. Yes, yeah, a fifties dance contest, and we rehearse and rehearse, and then we it's swing dancing, and actually you can see us. We're all over YouTube. Uh, it's one of dancing. the highlights of the festival. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is one. It, I guess it was probably God fifteen years ago. I just grabbed Lenny. I, I always sit in his booth. He sits, it's a festival. Every every September, the last weekend in September is a festival uh, to, to commemorate, actually, his death day. Well, yeah, and the history of Fairmont as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's to remember, yeah, to remember James Dean. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on. It's like a carnival atmosphere. Yeah. But but the, one of the highlights is the dance contest, and we... We we've won a few times. We we actually came in first only once in the, the fast, once in the slow, and came in second many times. Yeah, and you guys are the highlight all the time. Well, in in our little group, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we do pretty well. Yeah, just talking about it, I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. How can people find you, Kip? I have a Facebook page. Just find me on Facebook and uh, Kip Brown. Yeah, Kip Brown. You, you can't miss me. I have a black hat on. I always wear a black hat, and uh, and he's really cute. I'm, I'm adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he's that also works. Hollyberry Kip on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And find you can see my shock or uh, little girls. We have little girls videos. Some of our it sounds funny when I say that um, I know. on, on YouTube, you know, some of our live performances, we did a USA network show once and uh, you can see that all on YouTube and uh, Holly Berry stuff is on there as well. When Christmas comes, you'll hear a lot more of the Holly Berries. Yeah, baby. And you can also <laughs> get my record, the Holly Berries EP, which is awesome. It's like, I had it designed to look like a sixties EP and that's on uh, eBay. You can find those on eBay. Okie dokie. Hi, bye, everybody. <laughs> uh, well, dolls, thank you for listening. That was my dear friend, Kip Brown. And please join us on a rock tour sometime. And thank you for listening to Pamela DeBar's Pajama Party, a Pantheon podcast extravaganza. <laughs>
All sound design by Jerry Danielson and Busy Signal Studios. Find Miss Pamela at Pamela DeBar on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Find all the Pantheon podcasts at pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Pantheon Podcasts. Rock and Roll Archaeology on Instagram and Pantheon Pods on Twitter. Looking to expand or move your company? Ohio has the talent you need to scale for growth. Ohio's central location, reliable infrastructure, and top-ranked business climate are here to help you succeed. Get to business. Visit successinohio.com today. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. That doesn't sound good. Paper shredder's jammed, but I think I fixed it. Oh, well, try shredding these $50 bills then. Seems like it's working. Mm, better try another 400 bucks. Stop. Instead of using money, use regular paper. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.